Hi, I'm Malcolm Hawker, and this is the CDO Matters Podcast, the show where I dig deep into the strategic insights, best practices, and practical recommendations that modern data leaders need to help their organizations become truly data-driven. Tune in for thought-provoking discussions with data, IT, and business leaders to learn about the CDO matters that are top of mind for today's chief data officers. Are we rolling? We are rolling. Are you sure? Uh, no. Quickie, <laughs> <laughs> you may. We don't, we don't need a repeat. I see, I see a countdown. I, I see it happening. This uh, the is the TWA debacle. You can talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, welcome everybody, uh, to this, the 20th episode. I'm screaming like the mic's up there. Hopefully this one here is working. Uh, 20. 20. Congratulations. Man. 20th episode. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. 20th episode of the CDO Matters podcast. And I'm here with uh, guest number one, the oh, no. data whisperer, Mr. Scott Taylor. How are you? And we are doing this from my living room. Um, so there's a lot of production, quality production here. You can see, you know, everything in the back and a, a table. And it is, this is a gorgeous plate. Thank you. And it is happy hour. It is, it is Friday afternoon. Scott's on vacation, um, but yes, he's still, you know, came here to help. Hence the wardrobe. Yes. I guess I should have probably. I could, it's I cold. Could, I could have been. I'm in. I don't know about you, but I'm in. I'm in Florida, baby. <laughs> we we are in Florida. We are in Central Florida, where you know for the last few days it's been in the mid 70s, and today we had a polar polar snap. It's 60 something. 60 something. Yes. Yeah. Pretty so good. so yes, I have long sleeves on, and uh, we're 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 we're, bu- we're bundled up. But, I'm just uh, happy to be out of the New England chill. To be down here, it's great to see you. And Likewise, spend some time. Yes, not doing or doing as little as possible. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Scott's been all week. Yeah, about a week now. You'll yeah. be here all week. Been here for yeah, all week. All all week, folks. And you were off on a cruise. Yes. Yeah, Caribbean, Southern Caribbean cruise. Uh, Miami to Miami. Then we're gonna doesn't Eric like a long be snowbird nomad it through other. Areas of Florida. Fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, glad you could make it and glad you could swing by. So uh, Flor- Florida was going to be in the Scott. Scott was going to be in Florida. And uh, we were lucky that he could come by and film this 20th episode. I wanted to time it just it's perfect. on the 20th. Yeah. So like, it's, I mean, it's almost like you knew. It's almost like you knew. You had finished the 19th. Yeah. Said, okay, now we can go. Yeah. Just get here right on time. Because yeah. the, the podcast train leaves when it leaves. <laughs> That's right. You're on. That's right. Good, good, good production waits for no man. Um, yeah. Well, so let's go back. So, so, so episode number one, um, was 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 done in a conference room in one of the coolest hotels I've been in a long time, maybe ever. It is very cool. Maybe ever the the TWA hotel, which is uh on. I don't know, on the tarmac. I mean, it's connected to the tarmac. It's, the J- JFK Airport. It's the old TWA terminal. Okay. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. It's got to have access to the runways at right. the tarmac. Yeah. It's that old Aaron. Uh, Elko or Heron Saarinen. Saarinen. But there were Saarinen brothers, and, and they did all this airport as well. Like, they, I guess they had gigs doing airports, but Saarinen, yeah. They were brothers. Low turned. Yeah. 
gay, but anyway, <laughs> it's beautiful. So if you haven't seen, yeah, it's like yeah, it, 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 WA, and they redid it as a hotel, and we we're there for an event, and we saw you, and uh, it was it was it was really cool. It, it was neat. Uh, we got to go to a cocktail party uh, in a plane. Um, they in a plane they call Connie, um, which is short for a cost a Lockheed Constellation. So the first planes that flew transatlantic were propeller and there were Lockheed Constellations. Uh, think that's of, why it's called Connie. Connie, correct. You did Constellation paid a lot more attention than I did. Well, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to that stuff. But like, if you remember that, well, you're not going to remember. Maybe you see it, saw it. Well, maybe some of you do. Uh, but you would have seen it in a newsreel. Like the, the Beatles getting off a plane when they're coming to America, they came off a Lockheed Constellation. To make a long story short, uh, they built airports around these planes. And then like two years later, Boeing came out with a jet and the, air the, the airports, the physical infrastructure they built was totally obsolete. Really? Yeah. So they had to, yeah. So that whole terminal was basically just scrubbed. It's kind of symbolic yeah. story for our data audience out there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Scott's like, everything doesn't work. That's right. Yeah. And Scott's like, when are we going to segue to data? When are we going to talk about data? Uh, but, but you're a show. Yeah. 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 So I'm yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure all the chief data officers out there are enthralled with this story of how the TWA uh, terminal uh, was built for obsolescence. But anyway, yes. So it is happy hour. We are, uh, we are imbibing. The big thing about that podcast. What? That you yes. were skipping ahead, not oh, the, back no, there, no, to make our story longer. Oh, yeah. The, was that? What was that? Uh, it was the first time I'd ever. I, well, yeah, but yeah, so it was the, the first, first time I'd ever done any of this, and so that's distinction. So you know that any of you out there in the best practice world, the first time he's ever done it versus his first show. So I didn't have the total. Yeah. Background. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first time I'd ever tried to do any sort of remote filming. Um, of any kind. And uh, I'm a hobbyist photographer and I have relatively expensive equipment, uh, which we're not using today. We're using my iPhone, which works very, 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 very well and is flawless and is fantastic. But I had brought in this expensive equipment, this Nikon DSLR, and I bought microphones like this and I just all this other stuff. And, and I think I forgot to hit play or record. Like literally, I, I forgot to hit I know pretty, he forgot to hit play. Something happened. Gremlins, I don't know. There, there. Anyway, there was a fantastic forty-five minute discussion. Forty-five minutes. Forty-five pure minutes. gold. And <laughs> pure gold. Not to mention that fact that that he was like in a near death state. I wouldn't say it was that far, but I would okay. say it was not. You were not on your top of your. I didn't game. have COVID, but I had some sort of crud. Yes. And you had been traveling too, so yes. neither of us were 100. No, 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 no. I had traveled. We didn't give 110 percent in everything we do, but well, it's exactly right. It's it's the, the thing for things we minutes. do for our audience. Yeah. So I had traveled that morning. I was on a morning flight, a 7 a.m. flight out of Austin into Newark. Rented a car, drove to JFK, whatever. It was it was and it was it was the last thing we did that day before the cocktail hour of the conference we were at. Uh, what, what conference it was, was the that? second to last thing we did that day because then the Hampton <laughs> was recording. We recorded. We recorded. And and so 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 Scott Scott was 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 so he was so patient. He was nice and he was like you know like so I'm 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 coming up right like I'm I'm the rookie in this space. I'm the guy with like eight LinkedIn followers and with the man here, Ombre himself. And and I'm like, can you throw me a crumb, brother? And can you can you can you can you come do this be thing with me? Podcast. Be on my podcast. He's I, attending a conference, and that that you were that you were comped. Or did you speak? I, I don't know. It was you were comped? Yes. 
But anyway, he was he was at this conference and he was there. And and for for something like this, that's a networking thing, right? We were out there shaking hands and everything. So he was gracious in giving me time. He was not feeling well. I was tired. All of these things set up, expensive equipment, drum roll, boom, didn't hit record. So I get I get through it and and I was like, oh my god, like incredible shrinking Fred Flintstone. Like I just I felt like this big, and I was like, can we do it again? And it ended up being very good, I, I think. Okay, please check out episode one. Um, and, and, and if you watch it now, you'll know if there is like this this view of Scott where in the back of his head is like Hawker, you, that's it. I'm mean, like, did I tell that story already? Right. Yeah, say this. Yeah, yeah it's exactly right. It sound like it. Yeah, with passion. Coming up. Yeah, yeah, like, or... yeah, ad lib, completely ad lib. Well, it wasn't because it was, it was said 45 minutes earlier. So that's... <laughs> So we hit play. Anyway. <laughs> so we're looking at the phone now, and I'm, I am 100% confident that something is being recorded. I'm watching all kinds of red lights. The, yes, and and I have a GoPro set up as well. So I am fully redundant. Back up. All of the CIOs out there should be should be proud of me. I'm fully redundant. I'm fully back up. And I'm not actually even talking about ChatGPT because I think I am becoming fully redundant with, with, with the launch of AI, but we can talk about that later. Well, maybe that's a pretty good I just want to say, up front, if this is not working, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> this is it, my friend. That's, that's right, that's right. We get, we, get one, we, get, we get one shot, yeah. We, do, we actually have dinner reservations, so that, that's it, we can't. Not just the two of us, we both have partners. We, yes, for... we have our significant others here who are also being gracious and patient and- And, and they get it. Yes, and, and, and they get it, but- uh, but yeah, so that w that was episode one, and Scott's been there through the entire thing, and thank you. And now I've gone from eight followers to uh, you know uh, more than eight followers. It was an eight, but twenty. It's hard to crank out twenty of anything, really. Yeah, it's just keep it consistent. Yeah. I know you yeah. got a team. I know you have a whole production company behind you. You've got tremendous resources. I do. I do infrastructure, corporate support. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, I, I do, and and I'm I'm so grateful for that because like the way I describe myself, I'm I'm like the Vanna White. Right, I just get up there. I just turn the letters. I think you're a little more okay. engaged than just simply turning the letters. Well, okay, thank, you. thank you. But you know, the self-effacing Canadian thing—that's part of my narrative. That but is, it is, yeah, yeah. I never got over that. Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't. It's, it's in me. It's in the DNA. But anyway, I do have a great team. Uh, super, super helpful. And to get to twenty, ecstatic with that. Hope I'm bringing a unique voice to the space. That was the whole goal. So, one of the reasons why I wanted Scott to be guest number one and why I'm thrilled that he's guest number 20 and maybe even 40 I think and 16. I, I think coming every score to score yeah, with yeah, Malcolm yeah. is something we should look at. Yes. So, so they roll up. So I wanted this to be a, a different voice and, and I've been in the data space a long time and what I've been seeing, and frankly, one of the reasons why I left Gardner is that I just see a lot of the same old over and over and over and over. And I was having conversations at Gardner that were, that were the same conversations over and over and over. The advice was solid. The advice was good. The best practices we talk about day in and day out, you know, I connect big data to value and, and, you know, focus on governance and, and building the team and have a data strategy and all those things that they're accurate and, and, they're, and they're spot on, but people weren't doing them. I, I, w I was literally having conversations with with Fortune 500 companies, CDOs of Fortune 500 companies, where they would ask me, call me, Gardner, and 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 I wasn't cheap, right? Gardner's not cheap. Oh no, right? Well, you gotta hey, this this is not is not cheap. No, wow. Gardner's <laughs> model, you know, you pay to buy. Right, right, right. That's it. So. so so anyway, not not cheap. 
calling up Gardner and saying, hey, we're having a problem with A, B, or C. What, what do we do? And based on my 30 years of experience, based on a lot of failures, based on all the resources that I had at Gartner and access to other, uh, you know, really, really, really smart analysts, I would say, here's what you do, A, B, and C. And then they would call me six months later and I'm like, how's A, B, and C? Oh, we didn't do that. And we tried to skip to C. Well, maybe. That's where the fun stuff is. Easy button. But, you know, right. I don't want to do A and B. Yeah. And don't you have, yeah. can you just do... Can you do BC? Do you have that? There was, there was, there was, there was some of that, but, but uh, anyway, to make, you kind of do the hard work. I don't know why people think that you do a shortcut in any possible way. There isn't really in any other part of the business. Yeah. There isn't, I hate to say it in life, not too philosophical here. Right. But it's like people are calling you and want to lose weight and get in shape and you're telling them you got eight minute abs and eat right. And then they come back and say, well, I just got back from Burger King. Six minute abs. Yeah, where, Four minute where is it? Yeah. I got my ninja foodie, and I can hang a lot more clothes on the Peloton than I can on the Bowflex. I found that much out. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and well, you know, there's no, yeah. So, so, but the conclusion that I came to, partially, right? Some of it is just sheer. I, I don't want to say laziness. I, I, what on your part? Right. Well, no, no, no. Well, oh, you mean on the part of the folks who are uh, not making your some some of it. Uh, who who knows? I don't think there's ill intent. I'm a big believer in positive intent. But the conclusion that I came to out of all of this was that the way that we, meaning people like us and others, are, are the messages, the way that we're delivering the messages. There's there's something wrong. Something is falling down. Something's failing. There's a the, I don't know about me. No. Well, that's why he was guest number one. <laughs> Was was because like this is the big lead up. This is the yeah uh, yes yeah. Well, with me, you know, Gardner yeah. analyst, ex Gardner analyst. Sometimes you think I'm paid by the word, um, but I was looking out. I was like, well, who's successful? Who's making who's who's making a difference? Who's who is doing things differently? Who is who is shaking the fruit from the tree? Who's taking a different approach? And where does it seem to be working? Look no farther. What I was seeing from Scott was a different way of delivering a message. Um, I, I was seeing uh, storytelling, of course, critically important, but but storytelling in a different way, storytelling in a very digestible, approachable, human kind of way that wasn't all wrapped up in techno babble, babble. right? Yeah. No, right? right? Yeah. That 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 was that was being done in a way that was, you know, again rather accessible. And I said, aha. Um, I can't be him because nobody can be him. Only he can be him. Thank well, God. We all have a role. Play. Well, you play yes. for you. Yes. I admire yes. you. I think you're really brilliant in this space and what you've done. We work together hand in hand. I traveled the world, which is a whole separate set of yeah. stories. Yeah. It's like you got the goods. Let's just put it that way. But well, yeah, thank you. We do different things. Right? Yes. We serve. Somebody would engage with us for different reasons. Yeah. Could overlap a little bit, but mostly not. Yeah. So I, I decided... Okay, well, this how I was doing things at Gardner wasn't really working that well. Yes, from an ego perspective, it was very fulfilling because I'm a Gartner analyst yeah. doing la di da di da. Um, but it really wasn't working. And as trite as this may sound, my mission is to help companies grow, to help CDOs succeed, help CDOs tenure extend to be at least to be somewhere similar to a CIO. We've got halfway to go, five years versus two and a half years. And and I believe in that. That's kind of my mission. And I was like, okay, well, how do I do this differently? Yes, everybody's got a podcast. Yes, everybody's got blogs, all those other things. But my hope was that I could do a podcast slightly differently. And I thought having Scott for episode one would be a kind of a great uh, amuse-bouche, as it were. 
<laughs> as it were, yeah. um, to try to do things a little bit differently. And that, that's, that's been a guiding principle that it will remain a guiding I've principle. I always like talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Spent a lot of time in the trenches. Together. We did spend a lot of time in the that trenches. Bonds people at a certain level. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's hysterical that storytelling is such a thing now because I've been doing storytelling. If I to, yep. go back in my career, I've been doing storytelling since it was two words. Right. And it's always been something that I've done despite my other responsibilities. Yeah. And when looking like I was a general manager of a business, I was terrible at kind of the management part. I was great at the visionary part, where we're going to go next. I hated all the kind of... People, I can admit this, doesn't matter to me. People management part, people development yep. part. It was like if people were great, I loved working with them. If they weren't, it was like find somebody to help this person, but I didn't have the patience yep. or, or the or the interest, frankly, and looked at, all right, I'd rather go out, be outside the company, talk to people we don't know, right. get them to go from like, right. I have no idea what you're talking about to how do we live without this? That for me is a huge thrill. Well, yeah, it's always been storytelling. One of the biggest compliments I ever got while we were at DB was from the guy at Biznode who just simply said, You've taught you've taught us a new way to talk about what we already know. It's like perfect. Yes, bingo. Perfect for me, at least for me. That doesn't go it serves a role. It's not it there's a lot of things that doesn't do. Right. Like get it done. Right, <laughs> like execute in terms of okay. All right, yeah, that's great. That's a yeah. vigilance. That's yeah, good. okay. Yeah. What's next? Um, yeah, yeah. Away, Yeah, that's that's why we kind of work like this Sunny and Share type thing when we were on the road. Is that is that you know he was the why and I was the how, and I think different wardrobe though. Yeah, I'd not go for the Sunny and Share slightly, and I, I don't think I could ever recall a situation where we were uh, on stage and actually imbibing at the same time. There were plenty of uh, dinners. That we had after the fact. Yeah, but this is different. When we yeah. were, yeah, doing the, first of all, they were mostly lunches. There were mostly yeah, lunches, yeah. Boys, so that caused problematic. We had to. Uh, They're cracking open a few at lunch. Do you remember that? We had them. 30 cities, I believe that's my count. 30 cities. They're walking. Countries. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, well, Europe. I, I've never had any. Yeah. China. Northern Hemisphere. We never got to the Southern Hemisphere. No. But they. I was working on yeah. those partners. Yeah. And um, it was a blast. Yeah. No, it was fantastic. Do you, you remember all third, right? Because we, we handed there, it back there, and forth. There, there was a few involved. that, yeah, there, there were uh, yeah. trips because Liz, who was another partner. Yeah. Amazing. He had an actual Liz. job. So they partnered. Yes, I did have a job. Who had actual jobs at B&B. My job was to just do what I was doing. That right. Was, this was like an extra thing. Good. A lot of benefits, but not. Yeah. No, it was it was so like traded off between you and and Liz. I think you know I think there is a lesson there for a CDO as, as well, and and I think that it is in not just the storytelling aspect, but having a, a, a consigliere and 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 yeah. kind of an Egg McMahon, uh, uh, maybe, maybe to an Andy to a Conan, right? And to have and and the kind of the powerful one-two punch there of having somebody who is charismatic, outgoing. Who can sit down, dresses up well, have conversations, you know, with senior executives, but also somebody who can execute and who has the chops and who has a little bit of street cred. And I think that there's there's something there about that combination. It's hard to find that balance. It, yeah, it is. Usually pair up with somebody, right? Then you can cover that spectrum. That's right, important too. Right, but really knowing your position, 
playing that position really well, but knowing that position. Right. I think the hard part for, for CDOs here is, um, from at least from a storytelling perspective, the average CDO is going to say, okay, I can do that. And, and maybe you can, um, and, and that's great, but if you can't or you don't think you can, hiring a dedicated headcount just for that is a tall order. Yeah. Right? And, and particularly those who are extremely good at it, if you were to go to buy him, as it were. I'm not for sale. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you were, if you were like as, as a full-time, you, 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 I think for the average company outside the Fortune 100, I think that that would be really, really it's tall. It's I mean, even right. even at, you know, well, we'll mention their name. We'll mention their name. We're just using their initials, DMB. Um, even Dave, there, Dave Buster. they had trouble really kind of pinning what I did down in right. the right way. Yeah. It would have been in marketing, but the marketing department was radioactive. And then they tried to look at, okay, direct correlation is, and meanwhile, it's, we're educating the entire yep. populace, the army, the, that army on a better way to talk about it. Right. We're getting great results in terms of salespeople going, oh, I get it now. I only have to use one slide. I remember bringing the pitch in. Yep. And these are more examples of storytelling, not just necessarily war stories, but okay, what works and what doesn't work. And think about your own organization. When you're putting these educational things in place, you're trying to train a field force or an entire organization on certain things. You got to think about how you deliver them. And when I recreate, when I reframe the story of this particular thing, I remember bringing it to a sales, one sales meeting. And I said, I have 10 slides. And they started to applaud. Keep it under 10. As the, because just that alone was significant yeah. enough at this company and that culture to be a big thing. I was really surprised. So I just kept going with it. I said, but the first one's hello. The last one's thank you. So it's really yeah. only eight. And if you only have time for one, here's the one slide to focus on. Yeah. A slide that told enough of the story that you could get a reaction and engagement from the audience to then decide to do something next. Yep. Nothing covers every, everything. No. But if the idea is, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Why is this important to me? What's it going to do? How do I, what does my life look like? If, if I do this, how does it change? Those are a lot. And then a lot of the, what it actually is that you deliver. That's a lot to put together. But if you can be really succinct and almost symbolic about it, which we were, right? We had the five pillars yeah. and the four pillars. Each pillar was a thing that we talked about. All those constructs, if they work for you, I mean, they do work. Those things work. Um, you just don't want to over-engineer. We got 19 pillars and 32 cross tabs, and then we got circles. That was the thing about Gardner that always made me hysterical. <laughs> I'm trying to go back in history. You know, it's yeah. a circle, the nexus of forces. Then it was like the triangle of triangularity. Then it was like a hexagon <laughs> of whatever. The conjoined triangle. Right. Then it was like circles yeah. going this way, and yeah. everybody's drawing yeah. it down. Yeah. Okay. This year we got to use arrows, but the yeah. left. Yeah. So, as an example, <laughs> like getting too far. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, we're just ranting here. Well, one of, the, one of the best compliments I got from a Gardner analyst when I gave him a pitch was when I'm sharing it with something. He said, Is that our slide? Like, oh, no, that's my slide. Nice. That's my slide, baby. Nice. I came up with that. And it was like a big curve yeah. going up with increasing value and a bunch of vectors and just, just engaging just enough stuff going on that people were interested and to get engaged but not too much to like yeah overwhelm them so it, it, it's it's funny you mentioned uh 
Gardner and the complexity there. Now, now I know a lot of people watching are, are, are paying for for Gardner subscriptions, and and I recommend it. Some of the smartest people that I that yeah, I, I know. Okay, it's like, and and it's, when it comes to value, particularly vendor evaluations, like they 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 are Gardner is unbelievably good at vendor evaluations, and I can tell you from personal experience, um, they take being unbiased incredibly seriously and do a lot of things to make sure that that the that the insights that they give. Um, you know, are unbiased, are objective, but but to your point about the you know the the complex diagrams, I, I can recall being in a couple of meetings where we were looking at a you know, classic two by two, right? The, the 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 consulting two by two, and and there were serious discussions going. On, okay, well, how do we make this three dimensional? Yeah, this is too simple. Can we, we even make this four dimensional? Here. Right? Like, how do we how do we how do we pivot and multiple and and, and it's funny. I kind of I like to. I have amazing respect for Gardner and my time there and the, and the people there and the organization is just, it's a well-run machine. Um, but, but some of the peculiarities of, of Gardner, I, I had a, a, a post on LinkedIn uh, with, with the help of also ex-Gardner, uh, Doug Laney. Doug is fantastic. And, and we were having a conversation. It was episode five of CDO Matters. Please check it out, I believe, um, where we were talking about our the way data people like to make new words for old for for the same stuff yeah. like we'll just invent we'll just invent words right like we like to make words because we like to make i, I anyway and, and doug said this phrase he said he said you know pedantic uh, semanticism semantic pedanticism semantic, semantic pedanticism and i was like oh doug brilliant uh, can i use that i'm going to use that and 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 because i thought it was a parody, like literally it was a parody. I built a framework. I, I, I called it the, 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 the semantic pedanticism feedback loop. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's some of your best work. I it, was done as a, like, it was done as a parody. That's my boy. It Look was, at that. It was done as a parody, but then I thought. No, it's, it's I, parodies have, are based on truth. But, but I thought, funny. So, so I thought about it a little bit more. And I thought about Gardner's business model. Great company, mad respect for Gardner. Recurring subscription. Okay, and you're selling insights in a recurring subscription. What's the worst thing that can happen? I stop subscribing to you. No, well, exactly right. So the worst thing that can happen from Gardner is that you stop subscribing. But from the Gardner side, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, you stop innovating and you're not providing new insights. And the things that you're saying are the same over and over and over and over again. Like what? Because like, if I'm buying toothpaste and it's the same toothpaste year over year over year over year over year, and we're not innovating on the toothpaste, well then, like, okay, and I'm, 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 but this is insights, right? Like the insights from ten years ago, it's all written down in a piece of paper. I've got the old reports. What do I need now? So, there is a built-in um, motivation in Gardner to innovate, and and for them to innovate means creating new stuff and new ideas. Like to, to your point, or new ideas for ideas. And new ideas for ideas. So, so, so there is a built-in motivation to come up with new stuff from a business model perspective. Also, Gardner analysts, and, and they may disagree with this, I, I don't, there is a certain degree of competition that's happening from analysts as well. Because so that's an inside thing. Yeah, and, and it, it's actually it healthy. Yeah. It's like acad any academic. It's exactly right. P publish or perish and be on stage or perish. So... If you come up with the next big idea, and if you come up with the next big thing, if you are the creator of the data fabric or the something, then you're going to get, you know, uh, a prominent placement on stage of the next thing. You will be, you'll be, your story, your thing will be picked up at the IT symposium 
So there's data and analytics summit, then there's IT symposium. That's that's Gartner Super Bowl. Like that's the big that's the big deal, right? And if you're speaking on the stage as a data person at IT symposium, well, that, that's it. You've arrived. Like th th this is it. You've hit the peak. So there's a motivation for analysts to come up with new things. So there's a business motivation to come up with new things. There's an analyst motivation to come up with new things. So they do. <laughs> and you may be looking at this. You're like, what? Wait, this data observability. Um, what? Like, yeah, is this right? So is that real enough? Is it different enough? Is it different from other stuff? I mean, I look at this from, I, I agree with you, first of all, that there's this cycle. Yes. Somewhat self-fulfilling support. Well, that's another aspect of this. Yeah. Thing in our space that creates this, in most cases, this froth and mayhem and buzzwordiness and the search for the latest, greatest thing and plays into my thesis, which I think one of the biggest things holding back the entire data community is how we talk about it. Payment. And adding more to that effluvia, to that vocabulary, <laughs> is in total kind of counterproductive. Yeah. And you get all these different kinds of techniques people use. They try to coin stuff. They try to get cute about it. They want to have... I, I was stuck in that Again, we're going back to down yeah, Grad sure. Street, but just as a microcosm is where I truly discovered that there was this overlap. The marketing department there wanted to make, and again, I'm using this as a symbolic example. I'm sure plenty of you could relate to this. So you have marketing. Marketing is there to tell the story. They don't always understand what they're talking about in terms of where that story comes from. That's fine because they're marketers. They, they can tell a better story than any of the people who come up with the stuff. And sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not because they get totally wrapped up in their own poetry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so yes. this yes. sounds great and you go, but it doesn't, it's not accurate in any way. Right. That terminology in the ears of somebody who understands the business or understands the issue is going to sound false. Right. And that was my constant, was like, it can sound cool, but it also has to, be correct. Right. And I would tell that to you. I mean, back in my history, again, being a storyteller and more on that end of the spectrum, I constantly paired up with somebody who was technically accurate and would say, look, I, you owe it to me. All right. I can make things sound good. That's my, that's what I do, but it has to be correct. Right. So stop me. You know, you don't have to stop me at mid phrase, but tell me, you know, that doesn't sound right. And, and, to, and, and to your credit, we do that. Like, yeah, we, 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 we just riffed on observability uh recently did we not yeah 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 so yeah because i had yeah you know and i'm like still behind the scenes i'm like all right is this right do i have this right because i can then take it and make it funny or entertaining or poke at it or be satirical or all those things to help prove that point but if i'm not based in some form of technical reality then my stuff sounds like crap but 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 so so I, I agree. There's got to be a basis of technical reality, but but I do also think that there has to be some idea of uniqueness or novelty in these new in these new things because because that's the temptation that people fall into, and that tends to drag them towards the I'll pick one lake house, right? Well, because I, I think that's a silly. It's, it's sorry it's, for it, all you people in the lake house world, but I get it. It's like, it's a data link and it's it, a house, but it's not. And it's like that. My response is always, is that where my data goes on vacation? And well, it's it, just, but is it re 
And what happens is the people you're going for funding for, which is the whole premise of my whole book, Tell Your Data Story, Data Storytelling for Data Management, available on Amazon Technic Publication. 100% buzzword free. 99% buzzword Oh, sorry. Oh, 99% buzzword free. I do not want to overpromise. Okay. When you're going for funding and you're back and saying some version of this latest greatest thing is going to change the way, it's going to fix all the problems that I told you we were going to fix the last time I told you the latest greatest thing was going to fix all the problems I told you we were going to fix. And like, I haven't forgotten this. Right. And so you've got a certain, I believe on the business side, a certain amount of cynicism, weariness over, it's like, and I don't think it helps either when as data people, we come barging in there talking about with selective amnesia, like the MIB, you know, men in black kind of, <laughs> oh, forget about that, you know. What do you mean? What do you, we told what you do you mean? Do? I never said to do that solve your problems. What, what a class. I never said that would solve your problems. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, and trying to get them to, so we have that kind of selective amnesia and then coming in with statements like, and again, all respect to our own community, to get this right, we have to change the culture. And it's like, uh, wait a minute. Really? So even if that's true, I don't think you will leave with that because it's the hardest thing in an organization. And who the hell are you as the data person to come in and say, well, here's what I need. We need culture change. So if there was one thing that I would ask CDOs to take away from this episode, and if you've lasted 32 minutes of Scott and I drinking beer and ranting, Thank you. good on you. We'll buy you one next time. We that, that, that's exactly right. If there was one thing that I, would, that I would take away is this. Culture will change when you deliver results. Yeah, bingo, right. Results are not a dependency on culture change. And when you make results dependent on culture change, you are doomed to fail. Deliver results and the culture will follow. Culture change is like, I, I view it as like exhaust on a car, right? But it's not the fuel. It's, it's not the fuel. And when you make it the fuel, I'm, no, I'm, st I'm, I'm, I'm in your world here. I'm, I'm not like rice roll cookers. You right. Yeah. <laughs> when, you make it the, when you make culture change a dependency for success, I mean, I mean. I just think it's too, yeah, I think it's too hard of a, of a thing to demand. Right. As, as valid as many of us believe it is. Right. It's valid, but you know, deliver on that. Right. How many CEO, how many true leaders do we know who have gone into organizations and have had as one of their primary objectives, we need to change the culture and may, you know, and have failed. Right. Well, of course, because it's a, it's a three, four, five year journey. It's not going to happen overnight. How many CEOs have tried and failed? This, this, I would argue, is one of the biggest traps that, that CDOs and chief digital officers are falling into. I think the culture, July. I'm uh, going to jump up. Why? Why? I, I think it's the title Please. that they give to sales and marketing people who, who are more comfortable with having that title and who and who lean more towards sales and marketing, who lean more that's towards... Like, I, that's my I theory. I, any reason for a CDO to be chief digital officer, that's like... And they go, well, we have... Uh, you know, where does that even fit? You, you, I think you could make a case to, to incubate a role like that. But to say chief digital officer assumes that, you know, well, hey, chief well, analog you officer. Or CDO right. to you or CDO. Right. Oh, chief it's data CDO. officer. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think you could make some case to kind of incubate. If, if you were like literally. C-level. Right. Job. Well, they're not. Right. You no, know, CDA. 
right. know, is the, you know, another rant. Don't get me and going. Like, yeah, I mean, a, you, did it. Is, yeah. you don't have analytics unless you have data. I'm sorry. There's a hierarchy there. It's just true. So did you see my post? And only get, no, did I not? I, I literally made that post today. Did you, I literally today. made it today. I was off the, today. Link, the LinkedIn, that, I, LinkedIn post of data versus analytics. Why do we separate data and analytics? Why do we have data and Ruth analytics? Versus meaning. What, why? why? Why do they hate? Because, and it's like, oh, it's because analyt because they have to have something that's like a little cooler than just the data. Well, so a number a number of my kind followers who are incredibly smart people have, have responded. And the common theme seems to be that it's unique that requires different management. And, and but the counter to that, man. but the counter, the counter to that is that no, and and where I fall in in this argument, which I don't really think is much of an argument, is no, it's not different. Um, one enables the other. Analytics is a data use case, right? And and I started the conversation by asking the question: Do we do should we be separating analytical use cases of data versus operational use cases of data? They're kind and, naturally done. I mean, there's a natural well, but as in there is, but there shouldn't be. Right. If you're if you are building a, a a data science model in an analytics world, what are you doing that for? You're doing that so it can be applied, operationalized within some use case to make decisions that 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 will drive operational outcomes. This is one of my pet peeves with the data mesh. I've I've got a few. There's some things that I really really like about it, but this idea that the data mesh is an analytical construct. It's for analytical uses only. It's 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 like it's like the disclaimer, right? On the on the it's in the, it's in the first paragraph. Yes, of Queen Z's book. I've you know tremendous admiration for her and what she's done in terms of storytelling. Unbelievable storytelling. Honest storyteller, right out right Correct. now out there in terms of traction getting from there. But that's the uh, topic of another episode. But I had the same reaction. Right. When I say data, I mean analytics. Yeah. Like in the first paragraph. So that's as far as I read. And um, just kidding. And I wonder about that too. Why? Yeah. Why does that have to? I don't want. Well, because the operational stuff is hard. Right. Like you, you can, you can, you can, you can. Business is pretty difficult. Right. But the operational stuff is, is hard because how do you operate cross functionally or, or from a mesh perspective, cross domain? But I don't understand in that data mesh premise right again first paragraph yeah when i say data if i'm recalling it correctly somebody in and no doubt no, no. when i refer to data i mean analytics that some form of that statement is on the first page it, it's it's, cl it's 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 cl it, well it's close and i i think i think what she would say is that she's not conjoining or they're not synonyms it, it's that the model is an analytical model the socio-technical construct is about analytics and socio-technical had me there too that was like all right that's a good one that's i, I love that now now <laughs> so so in 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 defense here i mean it, it is within that first paragraph it is it says she says this is really really hard and it really doesn't exist yet um but anyway go, going back to analytical versus operational i don't know how you throw those into silos it doesn't make any sense to me and, and what I see happen is, is that when you give the keys to domains or functions or groups or departments to come up with their own analytics, they'll do it, right? And then they'll create their own rules. They'll create their own data definitions. They'll, they'll create their own data quality rules. They'll create their own dashboards. And maybe that's good to a certain degree. That freedom is good. But then when you have to operate cross-functionally, 
to move a, co a contract out of sales and into finance, when you have to move the product out of manufacturing and into marketing, when you have to behave cross-functionally, what happens, right? The answer is, well, not all, decent not, not, not all decentralization is inherently good and not all centralization is inherently bad. You need to have both, but, but the model really doesn't, to me, doesn't address that, this the cross-functionality, it, it doesn't. And I think a, par a reason, getting back to how we describe things, the word we use, and I'm pointing at you, which in some cultures is not nice. No, that, that, but uh, in podcasts, it's find a point. Because it's, it's, uh, it's confidence. <laughs> um, how we describe things when we separate data and analytics, I mean, it just, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. And, and I, I think it helps build this mindset that analytics can exist in this silo, can exist in this vacuum, that where it has its own rules, its own constructs, its own governance, and its own things, and that's fine. It's and its own budget and its own. It's know, not. And its own title. Is. Right. I'm the chief analytics officer, but I'm not the chief data officer. You're not, the, you're not reporting to the CEO well, if you're the chief. Maybe analyst. some extremely large companies. I just. Are, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Deal with most folks. Most of the time, for most of your data that you want to use, yeah, exactly. Most of for what yeah. you do, that's the big middle part that you and I swim in. Yep. And there's not, you know, we're not all talking about Uber or you know, or right. some right. two-person startup. Yeah. There's like, I manufacture a widget. I got to do that better. I got to find new opportunities. I've got to make sure. I've got to mitigate new kinds of risk. I'm trying to be a little more. ESG oriented. I've got to improve some operational stuff. Find you know growth opportunities. That's that's the meat raise potatoes. Detra, yep. yeah, the meat potato strategy. Get it done. Approach of most companies most of the time, and data can help all those companies in a lot of ways. Yep, in a lot of areas that are relatively straightforward. Yep. So to CDOs out there, I would invite your teams to use old word to, to describe the same things. I would call BS on things where people are trying to sell you or get budget for some shiny new thing that maybe necessarily isn't a shiny new thing. So there's nothing wrong with old words. All good. It's 2023. It's January. Uh, what do you got planned for the year? When I've got it. What's coming up for data? What's coming up? We've got uh, this extended kind of low, you know, chill period, which is nice. Hibernation. I just found out, I'm, so I'm going to CDO, MIT CDO IQ. I got a speaking slot there. Right on. I got, I, I, I provided. Hopefully not different. counter to me, because I'm just speaking as it's well. It's not, it's, I'm working on it. Okay, you I'm kind of in, so I'm in the tent. Dr. Richard Wang and his team do a great job. Tent, I'll be there. Hopefully I'll be working with some brands there. I got a slot, that's fun. Um, also, Big Data London, which I'm super excited about. There, I'll be in front of lots of people. So right now, Will you you know, be on like you, I have a virtual session. Mm -hmm. We'll see mm -hmm. whether we can get in front of some folks. But uh, in London, they're going to give me a nice general big stage thing. As you know, yeah. as you know I have a fear of not public speaking. So <laughs> enough for this opportunity. I'm not the let's virtual? webinar. Virtual? Yeah. How many more people can we fit in this room? Can right. Bigger yeah. room? Yeah. Stage? Yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Crothers Jackson Summer School. They have me back for a record third year. I always do. I'm a guest faculty. Oh, that's cool. If you haven't registered for Crothers Jackson Data Summer School, 
go out there and do that. I'll plug them. You should try it. It's a blast. They do every week for like eight weeks. Is it like uh, certifications or something? Or It's like... just a nice thing. I mean, they're brilliant, the two of them. I love the two of them. And they've got such tremendous experience. If you haven't been exposed to them, I'll introduce you to them because they're just wonderful folks. Yeah, let's do it. And they speak and think like we do. Part of my initial oh, attraction, me attraction to them me was seeing them at a conference and going, I love these two. They were, you know, aside from their own kind of technique and how they build off each other, they're also saying stuff that I totally nice. believe in. So it's nice. you know, self-selection if you like, but they're successful. They get it. People follow them and people love what they say and they help a lot of folks. Um, probably biggest creative thing on the agenda for this year is it's kind of puppet or shut up from this year. <laughs> If I had a, do- if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I mean, yeah. So yeah. that's why it's like, no, 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 no. Me, it's me, it's, it's, I, I, it's unique. It's oh. you. It's unique. I've oh. never heard that. Pop never ever. shut okay. up. All right. I've that's never separate. heard it. I'd like been listening inside my head. That's all. Oh no, no. Well, that's a separate conversation. Pop but, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I've never heard that. That's that's my being way. Oh, but I, but, okay. I, but more, more, more. I'm 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 down. I'm down so with the puppet. The epic puppet journey. I think I've got the I've got definitely the basic story framed out. The traveling. You know the the this journey of the CDO, the chief dog officer, the ITB, which you know the derivation of, which is spun. Um, who speaks only in buzzwords. The <laughs> Business monkey, monkey business. I've got a cat sultan from Meow Kinsey. There will be an antelist from Gardner, so we'll see how that goes. And a couple other, those kind of classic trope-like data characters you see, know, love, and probably are at some degree because we all are driving toward that ultimate goal of making data work for their organization. That's all they want to do. That's all they want to do is create a data-driven utopia of interoperability where insights flow freely from workflow to edge across integrated ecosystems. And how did you memorize that so fast? Gets the quarterly reports out. They only want to do those two things. So that, that, is that a tagline? That's, that's, you're going to keep that? Wasn't that, I saw that in one of your posts where I it's thought- It's all over the plate. Okay. Yeah, I've used I, it in a number right. of areas. Okay. Uh, it's kind of my like sort of rip. You're flying it out there. You're, you're testing it. You're, you're doing some, some you beta testing. To okay. get the data-driven interoperability where it's like freely from workflow data trusting ecosystems, you need the analytics graph hub fabric mesh. Analytics graph hub graph fabric, fabric, mesh. fabric mesh, a.k.a. the Spanx? That's different. That's what you need <laughs> if you want to. If you're trying to implement both <laughs> the data fabric and the data mesh, then you need the, the data Spanx. The data Spanx. <laughs> To tighten that integration. That's exactly yeah. right. To hold it all in. To hold it down. To hold it all in. You need the data spanks. The data spanks. Watch for that. So big puppets. I hope. Epic. I got all like, kinds of like big, large. I shot a scene with Marionettes. No, I shot a scene with Carruthers and Jackson. So I did okay. a scene with them. I was forced to write it. I put it together. I sent it to them. I didn't hear anything from three days. I'm like, they think it sucks. This didn't work. I typed it up like a script. It looked, you know, stage direction, all the rest of it. Then I talked to them. They were going to do it. They go, this is fabulous. We love this. So few. Awesome. They play a uh, pair, uh, Bubbles and Squeak. They run the <laughs> the chief dog officer obedience school. All right. Okay. And the dog comes and talks to them, and they train this dog. How to, how to run a data organization. Yeah, it's a, their little part to, of it. To become graph-enabled. It's a one-hedge-to-hedge. And uh, we just taped the vocals. We just taped the audio. 
So I'm going to dub that in with some finger puppets. So I don't really have to do this. Is I don't know how deep you want me to go on some of this. I'm all in. I'm learning myself. I'm, I'm right? I got to get better yeah. at puppet. Yeah. I got to you know the puppets with the stick and the arm. Yeah, yeah, marionette. Learn how. No, yeah. not the marionette. Oh, oh, oh. But oh. like you have one hand. Oh, like, oh, oh, like oh. Uh, Bert, not Ernie. Ernie's oh. got hands and gloves. It's actually a two-person puppet. But like Bert and Kermit are just one hand, and then you've got a stick that moves the other armor, and that's. So that's what coming soon. That's what I'm working on. To LinkedIn near you. To yeah, to a screen near you. The puppets of data. Their epic journey. Follow the CDO, the chief dog officer, and all his friends. Dealing with turmoil that many of these people who are listening to this have to deal with. So yeah. so that sounds like a so that sounds like a busy year, and inevitably you will be pouncing on a few other kind of yeah as it, opportunities uh, as as they come. I got yep. monthly show with the folks at locate the wonderful geo location uh -huh. data you appeared on uh, that i, I, I did i did i did yep ask the experts every yep. month we bring in an expert on geolocation data so that's fun that's a that's a steady gig i like that and work with a couple other brands where i can and doing data shows awesome so what's that, the what what what's the curveball what's the one thing we may not be thinking about like, is there, is there like any sort of like black swan event that you see out there? Like any sort of transformational thing you see? I know this is kind of an odd question. Yeah. I don't really pay attention no. to that in that way. I always say I'm not a trends guy. Yeah. I'm the guy who goes, show me these top 10 trends and I'll show you how most, if not all of them aren't going to work. Right. Unless you have what we talk about. So I kind of sit, cause I don't see, I can't pick up on those things the way are you for are you for hire? Like, can can I can yeah. I can I hire you? <laughs> you don't know what I want to hire you for yet. <laughs> like, no, get, but but getting back, and this isn't for for selling. But like, if if I want a data story to be told, I'm a CDO, and I want the data story to be told. Um, is that something you could could guide me on? Yes, I think okay. so. I haven't done like direct consulting, but the first thing I would say to somebody is buy my book. Yep, because that has enough stuff in it to help you sort of put that together. What I, and I've done some corporate events, so that's another thing I do. That's another thing I do if you're interested. So corporate events, which I define as kind of internal, you don't promote them. I did one for a bank. I've done one for a standards body. I did one for a manufacturer. Similar to what I did at DNB, when you know a big client or somebody would have a day, a day to day, right? They're oh, okay, a business okay. right. or they're having their own team together, or a kickoff or something. Yeah. So for this uh, manufacturer, they were kicking off a brand new sales system. It had a lot of pieces. It was a two-day event. They had me talk about the importance of data governance, data management, you know, foundational stuff. Yep. Before they, and I played on, okay, all this great sexy stuff, you're, they're going to, you know, you're going to end the day with, you can't get there unless you adhere to standards, search before create, you know, I mean, all these things that the, that the data governance team was touting as what they needed to do but i added my spin to it and you know being a third party and made a simple way to talk about it and uh like that awesome yeah well on that thank you are we done <clears throat> yes thank you so much for <clears throat> i just decided to lose my voice right at the end um episode 20 cdl matters if you want a data storyteller if you want to learn how to data storyteller if you want to hire a data storyteller this this guy this is the real deal right here there's nobody better at telling stories with data than the data whisperer 
Mr. Scott Taylor, my GoPro is on the verge of dying. Right. So yeah, you can definitely hear the battery dead. So we, we, can, we can hear we can hear the beeping. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for following on LinkedIn. If you aren't already, please do. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of CDO Matters Podcast sometime very, very soon. Thanks, all.